Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm John Fox, head coach of Moss Farms Diving. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And I'm Heath Calhoun. Um, you know, we always thank everybody for coming on first and foremost. Uh, I was fortunate enough, John, to finally, I met you a while back at Ohio State for a coaching clinic, but I, uh, I got to definitely talk to you more here at this last Nationals where your kids just lit it up. And, um, you know, we kind of like to start just by like, what was your journey? Where'd you grow up? Um, you know, where'd you go to college? How did you find yourselves at Moss Farms Diving? Cool. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me. I've been following what you guys are doing. And um, I was actually one of my athletes was like, man, the diving pod is so cool. You got to try and get on there. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll try it. And then uh, I was finally able to meet you, Heath. And um, that was just really cool. So I'm really excited to be on. Um, OK, my diving journey. I've been in the sport pretty much my entire life, like a lot of us. Um, I started diving when I was actually five years old at uh, a country club. My parents had, um, I'm from Denver. So I grew up in that area and there was a country club called Pinehurst country club. And they signed me up to swim with my sister. They were trying to get us involved in something in the summer. And, um, the swim coach was, a, I don't know, a little bit bold. And I was like the five, five, six year old. And he was like, you're going to do the, uh, the, I am in your first competition. And I remember it like it was yesterday. So I get out and I break out like my butterfly, you know, like I'm an expert. I make it about 10 meters and I'm in the outside lane and I just get out of the pool and I end up facing the small diving well at Pinehurst. There was a, a one meter on concrete actually, and a three meter on concrete. And I remember watching people like immediately after that race going off the diving board. And I was like, look, if I have to be here, I want to do that instead. So um, that's kind of where it got started for me. I, I begged my parents to sign me up and um, then it kind of led, led to um, a country club championship where, Mile High Dive Club was there um, in Denver. Uh, Jack Perkins was there. And uh, I ended up starting diving year round at about that age and did it for him for about 13 years. I ended up actually when I was in high school um, coaching a little bit of diving around the age 15. I, I, I coached at uh, one of the other little country clubs that was there and I started coaching gymnastics. So I started coaching at a, a pretty young age. Um, and I loved it immediately. I remember just just really clicking with it, with it and jiving with it. And um, I ended up attending the University of Kentucky to dive under Ted Hotsaw. Um, I got there in 2009. And uh, I actually got a coaching gig right when I got there, too, at a, at a local country club called Lexington Country Club. Um, there are two one meters there. which So it was, a, it was a perfect setup in the summer. I'd start coaching and, you know, right after last, you know, spring semester was out and uh I would train through the summer I'd also coach and I kind of grew a really awesome little country club team and I was like man I love I love this um I was studying political science at the time and I have like um I was like shoot I should have studied something different I want to be a diving coach um and uh you know I knew that it was going to be kind of difficult to make um some money so um, I kind of asked around, I asked Ted, who was my coach, what he thought. And, um, actually Emily Lydon, um, who's married to Mike Lydon, um, who was the coach at Kentucky previous to Ted gave me some great advice. She, she told me I needed to separate myself, um, in order to, you know, be a family man and make some money in, in coaching. As we all know, it's kind of difficult. Um, so it was great advice and a great push from her. So, um, I ended up, furthering my education with some advice from her at the university of central Florida, where I got a, took a couple years out of diving. Um, I got a master's in sports business management and I got an MBA. And while I was there, I thought there was no way I was going to make it back to diving. Um, because I started working in the sports business and, um, I was like, this is just a viable career path. Coaching maybe not be very viable is difficult. And then, uh, Ted Hotall called me, um, and he was like, hey, there's uh, this coaching gig in Moultrie. Um, you should apply. And uh, I thought there was no way on God's green earth that I was going to even be considered um, with my credentials. You know, I dove at Kentucky and I had a pretty successful career as a collegiate athlete. I wasn't like the most dominant junior, so I wasn't very well known. I was pretty well known in the South because I dove for Kentucky, but I was like, there's no way they're going to consider me. But he, he said, he told me I should apply and he would help me through the process. And, um, I was like more ready for, I wanted the job so bad guys. Like I, I was like, man, this place is incredible. 
I need to do everything I can to get ready for this interview. And so I, I got really prepared and um, I went in the interview and I thought I smashed it and they didn't hire me as the head coach. Um, and, uh, but they, I, I turns out I was right with my speculation. I didn't quite have enough experience, um, for the head coaching job, but they wanted me to come in as the assistant. So that was in 2015. And I agreed. Um, I actually had previously accepted a job, um, in Florida at the university of central Florida, I was going to work for the athletics department, um, which would have been paying me a lot more money. Um, <laughs> but I was like, man, I just, I'm just this, I'm a geek for diving. This is where my passion is. Um, I'm just going to do it. So I took the leap of faith and honestly it was the best decision I've ever made because I landed here and not a few months later, I met my wife. Um, we were married and then I've been here. Um, I was promoted, um, over the course of a few years. Um, I was assistant coach CFO and then I became head coach in 2018, um, and have had a really fun journey here since. So, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but um, that, that's my, that's my diving journey. And then, you know, I've had some um, experience as a coach too. So but that's just kind of what led me to where I'm at right now. That's crazy. That's great. So that's you wild. very nonchalantly threw out the word Pinehurst and that is not just like some country club, right? That is, oh, it's not the, it's not the Pinehurst that you're thinking about. That's Pinehurst in South Carolina, <laughs> okay, but it is okay, named okay. after it. Um, I wish it was like that now. I mean, it would, the there was a golf course but it's pinehurst in denver and it it's a nice country club don't get me wrong but it's not the pinehurst with 12 courses and uh <laughs> the one that you're thinking about so <laughs> i was about to say which number is your favorite but uh maybe another time we'll have to take a trip out there and go yeah that's on the bucket bit. list that is on the bucket list that's for that'd sure. be fun so i hear that moss farms kind of has an interesting start of how it became to be what it is talk about how moss farms diving started you know it, it's it's really really interesting it's fascinating you guys know the movie feel the dreams for the baseball movie it's <laughs> yep. a lot like that um it is a lot like that and it's i mean that, that it is that for diving but um i could probably talk on this for hours so I'm going to try and condense it maybe a little bit. Um, but there was a, there was a man named Robert Moss and he was known as Moose Moss. Um, and he was a really, um, charismatic, unique fellow. Um, and he, he actually, um, was a flying tiger, um, which is a mercenary in world war II. He was flying. Um, I can't remember what type of warcraft it was, but it was before the United States entered the war. He, he flew as a flying tiger. Um, and that's where we got our logo. That's where we're Moss Farms diving tigers. Um, and the, the logo is an interesting story in itself. And I could probably tell that later. But um, Walt Disney drew our logo, um, which is really fascinating. I know we can get into that if we need if we want to. But um, he uh, so when he got back from the war, he got married and uh, was a farmer. He was actually a, a, a a competitive gymnast and uh but he had always kind of appreciated the sport of diving for some reason or another and i think i th i never got to know moose so this is just my speculation and I've, i'm honored to be uh working in his dream space is kind of how i put it but um i think that he had an eye for stuff and i think they started to have he started to have a family with his wife and um, I think he wanted to create opportunity for his kids. I think that's what he wanted to do. So he, he and his wife decided, hey, we might as well just dig a pool in our backyard and put some diving boards up. You're an acrobat. Maybe you could teach him how to dive. Um, and sure enough, he he kind of had a knack for it and started teaching his kids how to dive out of his backyard. There was a, They put a one meter and a three meter in. Um, and he felt like he wasn't doing a good enough job. So he hired some help that came up from Florida State. Uh, which is pretty close to here. And that help just was inconsistent. So he's like, you know, what? I need to get better at this to offer my kids, you know, more opportunity because they actually kind of have a knack. And I think, I think this is an opportunity. So he went and learned from the best um, at the time. And he, you know, he was very close. Coaches of their day and brought that knowledge back to his backyard and started producing national champions out of his backyard on the one meter and three meter board out there it, it they, they the pool doesn't exist anymore but it did when i moved here and uh i mean it's really incredible it was incredible it's just out there it's exactly what you would think of um in the field of dreams 
Like it, there's cornfields, there's cotton, and then there's two diving boards. Um, and so he started coaching there um, in the sixties, I believe. Um, and like I said, he got pretty good at it. People from the community started going to his backyard, um, taking lessons from him. And um, sure enough, started producing national champion after national champion out of his backyard. And then he came um, into town and kind of partnered with the local YMCA, which had an indoor facility so that they could train year rounds. They could train out farm in the summer and they could train in the indoor facility during the winter. And then as he kind of, you know, continued to develop, he had the dream to build what he thought would be the, the world-class facility. And it sure enough, it was, um, but he put a lot of effort in with this community to build the diving well that we have now, um, which was finished and then he passed. So um, the program from then on um, has since hired coaches like me, um, very incredible coaches. You look at uh, Jay LaRue and Wembo Chen and Ron Kimani and Ed Goodman and um, all these great coaches that you see um, out there that came, that came right through this, this program. So um, that's just a long story short. I could probably go I could go a hundred different directions with that. I've heard so many stories, guys. It's incredible. Um, but that's the inception genesis of Moss Farms diving and it's, it's still persisting. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's, uh, that's neat to hear. Cause just from, you know, your brief story, it sounds like Moose Moss was kind of a family guy and did a lot for his family. And right before we got on, you said that's really big for you. So I feel sure he uh, mm -hmm. is very proud of what you're doing down there and that your values are similar. Um, you know, kind of jumping into specifics in terms of your staff, you know, what does that look like on your club team? How many on your staff? How do you balance, you know, coaching the athletes? The one thing I actually told Aaron that I thought was really neat. Um, I just watched a ton at nationals. Like even when my athlete wasn't diving, I just sat on the pool deck and watched. And it was really fascinating to watch you coach your athletes because you're not only coaching the, you know, 16 to 18 year olds, you're coaching the little ones and, and your mm -hmm. interaction with them is so different it, just between the age differences, but it's like, you know, exactly what needs to happen, but you know, how big's your staff? How do you handle that balance with the athletes? Sure. Um, well, it's, it's something that I've learned over time. The model now is, um, my, I have two coaches and my staff, believe it or not, is me and uh, my best friend in the world, which is really cool. Um, we met actually at Kentucky. His name's Tom Gim. Uh, and uh, he and I coach everybody in the program equally all the way across. We do all the programming together. Um, and so, I mean, that's from lessons up. We Right now we have 65 um, athletes in the program. So if you kind of do the math on that, you're like, man, those guys are working a lot. And, uh, and we are so, um, and managing that. And the, I guess the reason why we've developed that model is, um, because it's the most effective way to make sure that communication is going across the club. Um, and you know, it's, it's developed like that over time. It hasn't always been like that. I know the club hasn't always existed that way. Um, but I find that collaborative effort is actually the most effective way, um, um and i think it's the best thing for our culture so um and i i mean i i feel very fortunate that i'm able to do it with um somebody who i'm so close with but i think you know when you're looking at your at least if you're looking at your coaching staff i think the most important thing is to get the right people in the right place um and right now tom and i are both in the right place and if we were to bring anybody else in we'd have to, you know, evaluate that. Is that how we want to do the program? Uh, I'm not sure. You got to get the right people in the right position. And Tom is absolutely the right fit for that. Um, and I'm definitely the right fit for that now. So that's why we're operating that way. Awesome. Awesome. Very, very nice. Yeah. So I'm going to get into the next part here. I'm, I'm really, I'm really intrigued about the whole mental side of diving. Um, it's, it's something that's absolutely huge for our sport. I don't think that's an unknown to anybody out there. But after watching, you know, the Olympics and what happened with Simone Biles and then just knowing how difficult it is to be at the top level all the time, I'm just curious, do you do any mental exercises with your athletes? And if so, what would that be? 
Yeah. I mean, I do a ton of them. Uh, we do a lot of that. I think that's, um, as with any sport, it's a huge component, but I think in diving sports like gymnastics, golf, even, you know, we're, when we go into it, um, that headspace is, is pivotal. So that's not something, um, new to anybody that's probably listening to this podcast, but I'd say that the thing that we probably do the most, I do two things. Um, we try and simulate competition as much as possible when we're heading into competitive season. And the way we do that, we try and keep it lighthearted. Actually, we play games um, and we play a lot of different games. Um, but one that I've stolen, I've totally stolen it. Um, I've stolen it from Drew Johansson is we play golf. Um, and I know that there's some other coaches out there that do that. Uh, I play I play games like in the range vertical with the rip. Um, I, I put the diver up on the diving board and I'll simulate a diver going before them. Um, we'll announce it over the microphone. We'll announce names over the microphone um, and that sort of thing. So we do a lot of simulation type games and we try and make it fun. Sometimes we make those collaborative games with uh, teammates and things like that. But I feel like that's training the mind um, in the moment, trying to simulate it. Now you can't, you can't actually simulate competition um, can't perfectly you know you can't simulate it absolutely perfect uh, but you can try you can have a mock meet where you have parents come in and um, that sort of thing so we try and we try and do a lot of that to get their heads ready um, and then we just try and make sure that everybody is on the same page um, when we're training when we're leading into a competition in terms of communication we want we want the athletes to know what to expect you know when they get there what their plan is um and, you know, what the venue looks like, what types of things they're going to see. And I'm telling you, like, we do this with the eight-year-olds that were at nationals and the 15, 16-year-olds. We're, we're showing them pictures of the pool. We're um, telling them what types of things they might see. You know, you're going you're gonna to see athletes from California that are ripping, like, every dive. And how does that make you feel? And, um, you know, we try and simulate that sort of thing. So um, those are two things that I feel like. Uh, we did really well this summer, actually, which kind of helped us um, at the nationals. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm also curious, Carson Tyler, obviously an absolute stud for you. What's it like coaching him? What's he like on deck? What are you guys working on? You know, what are kind of the goals going forward for that? Um, <laughs> I could probably talk about Carson for <laughs> forever. Um, and he's no, he's actually, he's headed to Indiana university with Drew, um, which I'm really just incredibly excited about. It's a perfect fit for him. Um, Carson is a brilliant young man. Um, and he has been since the day I met him. I remember the first time I saw him actually, when I was interviewing for the job, I just thought, wow, that kid's going to be really good. Um, just based on his mannerisms and his, and his interactions with uh, the athletes around him and things like that. Um, but your question was, how is Carson? I, like I said, he's, he's brilliant. Um, and he's pushed me, honestly, I would not be half the coach I am if I didn't have him because of the expectation that he has of himself and um, the expectation he has of me to give him appropriate feedback. Um, and so he's pushed my coaching to the next level because I think he is, I, I think he is the next level. I think he's the, I think he's the real deal. Um, his goals are to be the his goal is to be the best diver in the world that's his goal so um for me i feel like i gotta give him the best feedback in the world right because you have an athlete that has that goal so i've really worked hard to try and give him the best type of feedback and anything i didn't really understand i've tried to understand um not only for carson but for all for our entire program um, but he's had a heck of a run and, um, I've learned so much from coaching him and I'm just, I'm very fortunate to have had an athlete of his caliber and, you know, all the athletes that I coach, quite frankly, I'm very, very fortunate to be working with athletes that I'm working with at, at this young of an age. I feel very, very fortunate. And honestly, I feel very lucky that I get to do it. Um, because I just look at, I look at my roster and it's incredible. So, yeah, he, yeah. he, I got, I got one more for him just because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so fired up. I'm so excited about this. So where I'm from uh, high school setting, I don't get necessarily the, the cream of the crap athletes or the people who want it as badly, frankly, as I do. 
Um, I mm-hmm. see the passion coming through you and I, I see, you know, you want it for them, but I've also kind of come to this realization. If, if the coach wants it more than the athlete, they're, they're capped. They're, they're only going to go so far. How do you, um, balance that? How do you make sure that, Hey, I really want this for you, but you know, you're kind of the one leading the ship here. Yeah. I think you got to put the athlete first, obviously. And, um, you know, Jeff Huber once told me, he said, if you want to, you want to be the coach that you want to see in your athletes, you know what I mean? So if you expect your athletes to be, um, really physically fit, you better be pretty fit yourself or, you know, however you want to think about it. If you expect your athletes to, um, come to practice prepared, come to practice prepared. Um, so it's a loaded question. I don't, I mean, there, I have athletes that I've certainly felt like could, um, meet, you know, a certain threshold. Um, and they've really wanted to do something else. And I think from a coaching standpoint, I've had to humble myself and say, okay, who is this about here? Um, is it about them or is it about you? And it's always about them when it comes down to it. Um, a lot of times you can inspire them, um, just by leading the way that you lead. So I've found that through, and not to mention any specific athletes, but I've found that being patient on athletes, um, to let them know, Hey, look, I, I really feel like this is what you're capable of. Um, and then just kind of see what comes of it. Um, and be, be that coach, be the coach that they need you to be and, and be the coach that, you know, you want to see in your athletes. And I think that that carrot will be in front of them. Um, I think they'll see it. And I think, I think you'll see increased motivation that way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That makes, that's, that makes perfect sense. Um, you know, kind of, kind of talking in a similar vein is, you know, when you took over at Moss Farms and coaching there, you know, you, you say athlete first, and that's something that resonates with me, but what's success? Like when you get a new kid, into your program and, and you're explaining, you know, your process to them or what the club is, you know, what, what is success for John Fox and Moss Farms diving? I'm a John Wooden snob. You guys know John Wooden? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I think that he's, I thought I really, when I look at coaches across the board, um, I think that he's the most excellent um, based on his pedigree. So I was like, how did this guy do it? You know, how did he do it? <laughs> And he's got, there's a lot of literature out there. So, yeah. and the, the success question is a really good one. Heath, um, and I think any coach should probably ask themselves that before they start to coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, I kind of warred with it for a long time. I was like, yeah, do I want to be an Olympic coach? Do I want to be, what do I want to be? You know, like, um, and I, just through reading, I've stolen the definition of success from him. And I would encourage anybody to, to look it up, look up his pyramid of success, but he, and I was prepared for this question. So, um, he, John Wooden says, you know, success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. I could read that a hundred times. Um, success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. And so he, that's how he defines success. And that's really honestly how I define it too. He felt like that was a really good way, but he didn't think that it was specific enough to really lead his athletes. So he came up with the pyramid of success. Um, and man, it's fantastic. Whenever I'm having any issue in my club, any, we go straight to this pyramid and we evaluate it and we see where we're missing. Um, and I mean, it's, it's unbelievable guys. You guys need to look at it. We could, we could talk on the pyramid of success for hours on this podcast. So, um, I would suggest looking at that. It's, it's incredible. That's how I define success. That's how the athletes know that we define success. Um, and we've kind of built our culture on it, believe it or not. So, so, uh, just, just a, so like that, like hits home for me. I like have all John Wooden's books sitting over here in my bookshelf (laughs) and like, you just literally, it's like, him and whoever wrote the co-authored them with him. It's like, you flip the page and on the very next page, there's something else you want to highlight. And it's like, yeah, man, you, you know, you learn in school, like don't highlight everything. I think I've highlighted everything in those <laughs> books. Cause it's all important. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So maybe this is like a silly question. So you have the pyramid of success and that's your, your culture and everybody knows that. So 
do you have that around in like your dry land room? Like do kids see that every day? Do you hang things up for them to see? Like, what do you do for that? Or is it just spoken through you and through your coaching staff? No, but we, yeah, we really kind of speak it and then we try and live it. Like I said, yep. um, I would, we probably will post it. Um, it's, we probably adopted it three or four years ago. Uh, we do have a culture banner um, that's hung up that the athletes sign and it has some sort of creed, which I actually don't know as well as this one here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe in the creed, but what, what Moss Farms big thing is faith, character, sport. That's, that's our, that's our, um, our little tagline motto um, culture. And uh, you know, that's kind of very similar to this pyramid here. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he breaks it down a little bit more um, than that. So I, I, I do find that um, it could be very practical for us to hang this up because we do reference it often. Um, or, you know, maybe I'll just get it tattooed on my forehead or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> very awesome. Very awesome. Thanks, there you John. go. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to get right into our signature questions. I ask everybody, what's your favorite failure or best learning experience? Sometimes failure is a, a little bit of a harsh word, but Something, John, that maybe just didn't go right that you learned a whole lot from that you have uh, kept with you the rest of your life. Okay, I'm going to go with just a coaching one. How about that? Because there's so many. Um, I think I've had a lot of um, very gifted little athletes, young ones, um, and there was some developed talent. I'm not going to use any specific names or anything like that, but um, a lot of times – I feel like when you come into that and you have a really gifted athlete, you just want to push it to the next level, push, 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 try this, try that. Um, and I made that mistake. I would say that was a mistake um, to the point where, you know, I've had athletes that, you know, had, you know, overuse injuries or whatever it may be, or maybe they, they did a skill too early. Um, and now, seeing it in hindsight, it's that little, you know, miss and mechanical stuff that we kind of overlooked or we thought, Hey, they'll get that later, um, has been really hard at a later age. So, um, learning from that, um, the way that we're structuring our program now is to not go too fast, um, to really, um, nurture the talent. Um, and you talk about like Carson Tyler, that's really, um, that's kind of how we did it with him. He didn't really start. I mean, if you look at his group B list, he was doing all tuck dives and, you know, at the, um, you know, so he was doing 107C, 205C, 305C, 405C um, on three meter. Um, wasn't really doing crazy stuff off of the platform, was just doing, you know, fundamentals. Um, and then, you know, sure enough, when he was ready to let loose, um, it's really paid off for him. So, um, I feel like I learned a lot from maybe going a little bit too fast with some young talent um, and, you know, just kind of heeding advice from some, some people that have been there and probably made the same mistake. So if for anybody out there that's working with young talent that maybe is new to the game, um, I would definitely encourage them to learn from my failure and um, to nourish that talent, make sure that the mechanics are being developed appropriately, uh, that it's more about the fundamentals so that when they do get to the age where they need to be competitive, um, you know, to go off to the NC2A or to, you know, the Olympic trials or the Olympics or whatever the next step may be for them, whatever it is really, honestly, um, is to nourish that. And that will keep the athletes safe too. You know, I think, you know, the sport is going to, it's not always going to be there. Um, and we know that as coaches, um, and it is for us because we get to, you know, continue to, um, lead the the new ones along but you know it's going to end someday and they're gonna have to be you know whoever they are meant to be so they need to be able to move their bodies they need to be able to um do things like that for their life so um i've learned a lot from from that yeah i i feel like you spoke directly at me there in like the best way which is very good for me to hear where I'm at, we don't have a ton of club programs in my area. I'm in rural Minnesota. I mean, I have Jason Bauman down in the cities and he does a great job and we go down there as much as we can to visit him. But everything that I know to this point in my life of diving has been the high school scene. And it's a three month season and your big need is the state meet. 
And I am very quickly finding out that that is not kind of the norm of diving. You know, the, the mm-hmm. USA diving program is, is much more prevalent. The club program, it just, it's overwhelmingly obvious that the coaches are better. The, the culture is better. We don't move too quickly with athletes that I see all the time in the high school setting. You know, I, there, there's hundreds of texts that I've sent to other coaches that are like, Hey, I realize your kid can do back and reverse double. He's going to hit the board. Why are you doing mm. this? What is going on? So that, that was really nice for me to hear exactly what you just said. Um, moving right. It's along- hard to do, honestly, Aaron. I mean, I think when you look at it and you have the high school coaches have like three months and they're trying to put to get string together an 11 dive list. I mean, it's hard to do that. I mean, yeah. I, so, you know, I, I don't um, envy their position necessarily. Um, it's very difficult. So, but I do, I do think that, and we can get into this, but I, you know, I do think that there are some systems that could really help um, in the future. Maybe we can get into that a little bit later. You can lead into your next question if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly where I was headed was, you know, because of this new discovery of how, well, what I would say from my perspective of, again, only being high school, the USA diving system for me, in my opinion, is, is much better than what I have in front of me. So uh, um, I'm in all kinds of chat rooms with coaches. I ask a whole bunch of coaches a lot of questions. It's very apparent that USA diving probably needs to succeed in our country to have any kind of international presence. But at the same time, there are a lot of complaints as well and things that people think need to be changed or upgraded or just maybe thought of differently. I'm curious what your perspective is on what type of, what type of changes you'd like to see within USA diving to just continue to make it better. Sure. Um, that's a tough one there um, <laughs> that you kind of set me up there. Um, but I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you this. Um, I am first and foremost, a huge fan of USA diving. Um, you know, I, I, I've been part of the organization since I was a young, young man, and it's only done good for me. Um, and, you know, but I'm relatively new as a coach to USA Diving when you look at it. Uh, I've been coaching USA Diving since 2015. So that gives me six years of coaching experience um, as a USA Diving coach, um, which I would say is totally green and brand new, to be honest with you. Um, six years might sound like a long time to some of us, but it's really not. Um, compared to a lot of the folks that I look up to. So, and I'm, pr- I'm probably too young to really even speak on all of that. But I will tell you that I'm a fan first and foremost. I think, you know, when I look at the globe, when I just look at diving across the country or across the world, excuse me, uh, I look at China, obviously, and you're like, wow. Um, they had the most medals, but then you go down next on list is us and somebody else. I can't remember. I was talking to Dan Lack about this, but we were, we had the second most medals. Um, so clearly what we're doing is working pretty well. Right. Um, and so from, from my perspective, I'm like, man, that is, that's pretty incredible. Um, our system is, is doing pretty well. Um, now could we, would it be better for us to have the most medals? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously it would. Um, and we have some work to do to get there. I don't have all the answers. Um, but I've thought about this a lot over the years. Um, the types of things that I would like to see in sport, but let's just say diving. Um, and I think this is, I have a few, so I might go, go for a little bit here, but I think, uh, first and foremost, I'd like to see, um, more minority participation in the sport. Um, and that goes for both underprivileged populations, um, I, I think that I would really like to see that, um, when I look at the pool deck and I, I kind of look around and you look at the demographics, you know, it's pretty clear, uh, what our sport is serving. And I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with that, What I'm saying is I would like to see more minority participation from underprivileged populations. And I've tried to do that here in Moultrie and we've started a program for diversity and inclusion and we've had some success and there's been a lot of barriers so that's a very loaded thing, um, but I would like to see that. Um, I would also like to see, believe it or not, when I look around the pool deck, I see a lot of female athletes, and I don't see a lot of female representation from a coaching standpoint. Now, we do have a lot of women that are incredible coaches, 
And I look at Michelle Sandlin, who is one of my favorite people on the planet, Michelle Mitchell. And then we got Jen Lee, who was just at the Olympics and she just broke a barrier. Right. So, but I look at the young women and then I look at the young men, the young men have a lot um, of men coaches that they can look up to, but you know, the, the young women just need it. I think they need a little bit more um, from that end. So um, that's what I mean by minority participation. And then I wrote something else down that I want to touch on um, a couple things. So I'm just going to keep going. Um, I would like to see this across sport. I would like to see integrity in sport. Um, and what I mean by that is, And um, you just hey, look at, Hey, John, can you, can you go yeah. back? It, it cut out right when you said what you mean for integrity in the sport. Okay. What I mean is, you know, when you look at, you look at just the landscape of sport in general, um, there's been a lot over the past, you know, decade, two decades here where coaches have made mistakes, integrity mistakes, where athletes are making mistakes, trying to cut corners and things like that. So um, I would like to see integrity um, from a coaching standpoint um, and from an athletic standpoint. I'd like to see, you know, a sports free of sexual abuse. I would like to see um, sports free of performance enhancement drugs, those types of things. Um, so I'd like to see that in diving. Um, and then I also would like to see, um, and th this, we'll just use this specifically for diving here. Um, I would like to see our community, our diving community, and let's not just say USA diving, let's just say our diving community, um, leverage our ability in um, like what we're doing right now, what you guys are doing. I would love for us to get better at educating and sharing information. Like I said, I'm a fan. I think we got the right people in the right places doing the right things. And you guys are adding to that. Like, that's why I wanted to come on here specifically, because I think you guys are adding to that. And I think it's great. So I'd like for us to leverage technology to increase, you know, the sharing of the diving knowledge that we have, because clearly we're doing some things really well. We just got three medals at the Olympics. So that's incredible. Um, and then lastly, I would say, I would like to see diving in the United States really galvanized behind Los Angeles 2028, because I think that's a really huge opportunity um, for the sport um, in the U S I mean, we're going to have an Olympic games here again in our home country. And so it'd be fantastic for us to really show out at that Olympic games. And that takes a, that's going to take a village of effort. Um, we all kind of have to target that and say, okay, this is, we need to, we need to do a really good job here. Um, so I would like to see the coaching body. I'd like to see the athletes, the organization, the organizations, um, you know, figure out a way um, to have a very successful um, diving program at the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. So anyway, that's what I would like to see. I think USA diving in general is really good personally i really do um it's only done good for me um and you know i'm i'm an optimist that's that's who i am um i'm one of the most I, I would say i'm one of the more optimistic um i'm on the more optimistic side of things so i see a lot of good to be honest with you i'm i'm with you there john uh i'm i'm totally in on everything that you just said there i, I loved it it was a great answer um Again, before I before I pass it back off to Heath, you said exactly what I was thinking in my brain is like USA diving is a great thing. It's it, and it and it needs to be something in our country that everybody in our community rallies behind. And we need to find a way to whether it's information sharing or you know, hey, I, I'm really good at this part of coaching. Let me you know take your athlete for a week or a day or whatever it might be. Just sit down, have a conversation with them. I think just kind of opening everybody's arms to say, Hey, the big picture here is like you say, you mentioned LA 2028. Let's just go for it. I love that. I love, I love it. Thank you. Yeah. And we look at, we got to look at, we kind of look at the country though. And you also have to fit the society that we live in. Right. So, you know, China's system really fits their society. Now we live in a free marketplace. 
we do. So it's hard to share knowledge because we live in a free marketplace. And that's probably also why we've had a certain level of success is that free marketplace and the, the competitiveness of it. So I'm not sure it's going to be very easy. It's not like some utopian idea, you know, because I've, I've really tried very hard to figure out what the right information was. And I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm still learning. So I don't think, you know, I'm not sure how to do it necessarily. Um, and I think we have to respect our society and our culture um, in the United States as well. Um, and it's not going to be the same as, you know, like, let's say we look at the other models, um, you know, out there that are doing pretty well. I think we have to craft it to our culture. And I don't know the answer. I really don't. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, I told Aaron whenever I was at nationals, I'm like, oh, like, I really enjoy watching John coach, but I also enjoyed a moment where you came over and you were talking to uh, Yaya as he's calling towers. You're like, why the heck are we not live streaming this meet? Do we not want people to watch our sport? And I was like, Aaron and I talked about that. And, and Yaya kind of said, I was just talking to Yaya about it literally five minutes before you said anything. And I was like, I just admired that. Like, Hey, let's, let's ask these questions. And guess what? Like, because you asked that question, there was a live stream up the rest of the event. And, yeah, we and got I it think, going. I was really excited about that. It, but at the yeah. end of the day, that that's what matters because I think it's like for parents or family members that couldn't go, like, I think that, that that's what Aaron and I have been talking about. We're like, oh, we're excited to have these club coaches on because we all agree, like, we need USA Diving to be successful. And we all support, like, I dove in it back in the day whenever I dove club. And it gave me so many opportunities. Being in Indianapolis a couple weeks back, was it was amazing. It was truly just an amazing mm-hmm. experience. And it's like, but for us to sit here and say, hey, there's there's things that we can't do better. No, there's always stuff we can improve on. You know, like you said, you have two options. You can be negative or positive. And if you choose the optimistic route, we're going to keep finding positive things to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I loved all your answers. I literally was like writing notes as you were saying them. I'm like, these are all good ideas. Um, so this kind of jumps into our, our last three questions for you. Um, you know, what, what's your favorite drill, whether it's dry land, water, one of each, whatever, however you want to answer that favorite drill to do with your athletes. think he froze on us let's see yeah i don't hear quite anything yet still there hello yeah i'm, I'm still here, here. Oh, oh there, there we, we go. go just, just got, got you back got me yeah just good, got good. you back okay um okay i'm not gonna call this a drill i'm gonna call it a game mm-hmm. and uh, i stole it i've stolen a lot of my ideas but <laughs> i love to do um i'm like a stickler over the entry i hate I'm just uh, it's entry. We got to, it's the last thing the judges see. Um, so we play a game. It's called a merry-go-round. So, and I stole it. And the coach who's listening knows that I stole it from him. Um, I'm not going to say who that is. Um, Cause I'm going to take all the credit. Um, but the, uh, the premise is you put them on, I'll put them on any type of entry drill. Like I have a million of them. Um, but I'll put them on the specific one that I'm looking at and I'll say, okay, guys, we're all going to be on a merry-go-round. So you're going to be in an order, a set order, one through six, you go first, you go second, you go third each round. And the score to beat on this entry is an eight and a half or a nine. And everybody's going to do this entry until everybody passes that threshold. Um, and oh my gosh, it's so fun. Well, I've been on the merry-go-round with kids i mean like i got parents in the stands they're like we're paying money for this they're on a merry-go-round like they're like on a merry-go-round for an hour and 15 minutes on a front entry and uh but then they can rip i mean they can rip um and you know you tell them what you're focused on like hey i'm focused on this this is what this is how you do this guys and then you know maybe they forget how to focus on it. And then you bring them all back in guys. I can do this all day. I can seriously be here all day. This is what I need you to focus on. Everybody needs to get this threshold and you do not let up. There are no, there are no way, there's no way off the merry-go-round. You're going to beat that score. So um, that's my favorite game. Love it. Um, And then I'd say my favorite um, drill. Um, is probably 
um, some suspended tipping in the belt where you're working on, you have to have, you have to be able to suspend them and hold them up where they're tipping and they're um, making their type of adjustment to do the trampoline. So um, I find that really has a dramatic effect, um, transfers really well to the water. Awesome. Um, so who would you want to listen to if we could get them on an interview? Like who would you, who would in, encourage you to listen to the next one if we could get them? I think you guys got to get Michael Hickson on here. All right. He's been to the Olympics twice. He's medaled twice. All right. That's who I would get. If I were you Cap guys, I'd shoot for that. Captain um, Hickson. Yeah. I think that would be a really, that'd be a really interesting one. Um, I have all kinds of suggestions, but that's, that's my first one. All right. All right. And then, uh, you know, my last question that I always like is uh, what's the best advice you've either given or received. And it doesn't have to just be diving. It can be anything. Okay. I have, is it okay if I give multiple? You can give as many as you want. Because they're, they're good. First, first one, and this is for any student or any person that's trying to learn, who gets an opportunity to learn, sit in the front row. Um, I was told that um, actually on my recruiting visit to the University of Kentucky by a guy named Bob Bradley, and he was the academic coordinator. He actually started academic um, coordinating for student athletes at the NCAA level. He started it. Um, he's a, he's a mentor of mine, but he told me to sit in the front row of all my classes. And I was a back row sitter, you know, I was that type of guy, but I ended up going to the university of Kentucky and he was, um, my academic coordinator. And so I was like, Oh man, I better sit in the front row. And sure enough, I did. And man, it paid off big time. The connections that I got out of sitting in the front row guys are crazy. <laughs> you would not believe it. I could go, I could go a whole podcast on sitting on the, sitting in the front row. So number one, sit in the front row, um, Number two, and this came from that, is uh, never stop learning. And um, I would say never stop learning slash reading. It's probably it. Learning is probably a little too narrow. I think reading, never stop reading. What do you like to um, read? Uh, I really like to read anything that's going to further my education, self-education. Yep. Right now I'm reading um, from good to great. I'm reading um, – the inner game of tennis. Yep. Um, and uh, I love to read the Bible. So those are, those are things that I'm reading right now. Um, and then my last thing was of advice. It was more modeled to me and maybe told to me a little bit, but more, more so modeled to me by um, my college coach, Ted Hotel. Um, he had his, and it's been echoed by a number of coaches who I aspire to be like, including, um, like Drew Johansson. I think he was on the last podcast and he kind of echoed it in a different way. Um, but Ted modeled just how to be a man. Um, and the way he did that was he had his priorities straight. It was, he first, and he told me this to my face and then he lived by it and it changed my life. Um, he said, you know, I'm always going to do this. I'm always going to do it in this order. I'm going to put my faith first. I'm going to put my family second and then I'm going to put everything else third. And I fit in that everything else category um when i was one of his athletes and he told me that and then he lived that and um man that radically changed my life so i'd be remiss if i didn't say that those are the three that's that's awesome um before aaron kind of heads out on it you know honestly john thank you so much like i i can't wait to see the things you're doing down there and see it really just continue to grow um just, just awesome to get to talk to you and hopefully we can have you on again, maybe before USA nationals next year. Cool. I would love to do it. I love what you guys are doing. I commend you for it. It needed to be done. And I hope, uh, and I know actually, I trust that this is going to be very successful for you guys. And I think that you guys are probably gleaning a lot of really good information. <laughs> and uh, I'm very thankful that I have a, a resource to go to. Where I can be like, Hey, look, I want to, I want to listen to something that's going to get my diving mojo going. I just go right to the diving pod, man. It's so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, yeah we, we appreciate that. And, and a little bit of a humble brag. I told Heath earlier this week, um, there was a diving position posted uh, for the University of St. Thomas in Minnesota here. And I was all excited about it because I got a couple of friends who live in the Twin Cities. And I just said, hey, guys, this is, this is available. I don't know if anybody's interested, but we heard it basically here on the podcast first. 
And um, it was just hired. Um, a, a, a college teammate of mine ended up getting the job and, and he called me right afterwards and he said, guys, I probably wouldn't have this job if it weren't for the podcast. So we're, uh, we're, we're happy to be kind of advocating for the diving community and doing it in a, a good, positive way. And, you know, hopefully again, down the, down the road in the future, we just continue to just spark conversations and make change for good and make diving in the United States and in the world, just a, a more well-known sport, grow the sport in any possible way we can. So a little bit of a humble brag there, but uh, I'm, I'm really, really happy with how things have gone thus far. And I can't wait for, for what's, what's yet to come. It feels like we're on the tip of the iceberg here and there's just a lot more. So. Yeah, you guys most certainly are. Look at, look at, just look at what you guys are doing. I mean, it's, it's incredible. You guys just had, I mean, I, when I look at the, uh, I look at just the lineup that you guys have had on the podcast already. It's incredible. So just keep it up. Seriously. It's so cool. I'm, so, uh, I'm proud to be a part of it. And my, I'm so glad that I get to tell Carson that I got on here. Cause he was like, yeah. Hey, you gotta get on there. So as I'm going to be like, Hey man, I got on. As soon as he is actually at IU, we want him on. Like we, you know, with, with uh, the college I coach out there, like, Hey, just don't interview any PSAs, prospective student athletes. And I'm like, okay, as soon as they get to college, he's like fair game. But nice. uh, no, honestly, it it's fun for us. A lot of people don't know this. So on our, on our podcast with Drew, it cut out cause he was in Tokyo. And so we had to edit it and piece it together a little bit, but there was one point where it cut out and Aaron and I looked at each other and go, holy crap, we're interviewing the head Olympic coach from Tokyo. What the heck do we get ourselves into? And it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's been really cool. Very, very cool. We're very honored to have you on and, and just, just really, really excited to uh, see where, what happens next for you guys down there. And we're definitely, we got to well, have uh, you on because oh, you have a lot more stories to share. Yeah, I have, I have plenty. I could go, I could go, I could go. So, and I'm a podcast Good. person. I listen to podcasts. Good. So, um, I, I understand it a little bit. Um, and I will definitely, um, push Carson to get on here <laughs> when he's able. So, yes. and he'll love, he would do it. He'll do it in a heartbeat. I know he'll be on. Love it. So. Well, um, good deal. We'll, uh, we'll be signing off here. If anybody's out there listening, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the diving pod and our, our email address is the diving pod at gmail.com. If you have any follow-up questions for, uh, on here, we'll send those over to him. Hopefully get them answered. Otherwise, um, we'll see you next time.